What's up, revelers and weirdos? This is Scaring Sam, and we are your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm James. And yes, it had to be done. This week's episode, we are covering 2001's Malignant. And the plot allegedly revolves round Maddie as she has visions of these terrible, grisly murders which turn out to be shockingly real. Oh, hang on, I'm getting a telephone call. Oh, it's Gabriel. He says, that's bullshit. And there's going to be plenty of spoilers in today's episode. Oh, he's craving pizza tonight. Oh, oh me too. That's strange. Yeah, that's, that's strange, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you have been lied to, ladies and gentlemen. What you know of this film, what the trailers depict, is complete and utter lies which is quite refreshing in today's world where the trailers don't give away the entire film. Yeah, that is one of my pet peeves. I really hate it when you literally see the entire film, maybe, yes, in a few minutes, but you're, you're seeing everything from start to finish. Can you just not? I didn't actually watch this trailer. The only reason I went to see this film, personally... <laughs> Uh, was to meet up with some friends uh, for some well-deserved social time and ice cream. Because, well, if you hadn't guessed by now, I have an obsession <laughs> with sugar. Yes, we were joined by AK and the Ryan Gosling of Essex, Jordan. <laughs> AK's incredibly handsome boyfriend. And I know he's listening now. Hello, Jordan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Where to begin with this film? I mean, it's wild, unless you want to rephrase it. What the fuck did we watch? Um, shall we just start with what we liked, and then we can just tear it a new one? So what I enjoyed was the cinematography. Yeah, there's some interesting um, shots thrown in throughout the film that kept it visually likeable. Um, from shots like the the overhead shooting, so we're looking down into the house where Madison's running throughout the house, up the stairs, into the bedroom. Like That was quite clever. And then you had the shot through the washing machine. Things like that, they're just giving that extra kind of flair, which um, which I enjoyed. Then, I also really enjoyed the soundtrack too. Whoever's seen this so far, um, you noticed there was a cover of um, Pixies' Where Is My Mind, used a few times. This definitely added to the film for me personally. I've listened to the tracks since, and it's it's actually quite... Like haunting in a way, and generally just the music was quite well matched and carried a lot of the scenes throughout the film. And <laughs> I will admit to this, <laughs> with the surround sound in the cinema, and it was actually quite loud. Yeah, it was really loud. It, yeah, but it actually gave me some of the jump scares. So visually, I knew they were coming, but the sound from it, that just, it overpowered it and, like, freaked me out. <laughs> and I will say, the first 20 minutes of the film are 
Solid, which I weren't surprised by because it's directed by James Wan that brought us Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, Aquaman. <laughs> and it led us to believe we were going to be in store for an entirely different horror film than mm. what we got. It leads you to believe you're watching another supernatural film. Yeah, the film starts with Maddie coming home to this incredibly gothic house where mm. in this reality nobody seems to have overhead lights. All the lights come from neon and lamps. And she comes home to her abusive husband. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure was the arsehole kid from Percy Jackson. And she's pregnant. He attacks her and then somehow the house is invaded by this supernatural entity. And I thought it was going to be like this shadow creature because it was just silhouette at first, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought as well. Little did we know. <laughs> and that really got me engaged because I love mm. the whole mythology of shadow people. I just remembered. There's that part where he looks down at the sofa and you see the impression. Yeah, so how a, does yeah. that work? How does that work? Yeah. In hindsight... What the hell was that about? Talk about misdirection. Uh-huh. So <laughs> once it kills Maddie's husband, literally snaps his head. Yeah, his neck is just... Well, his head's completely twisted around the wrong way, isn't it? He does a great impression of an owl. Lovely. Ooh, ooh. That's my owl. <laughs> the creature then attacks Maddie with tremendous force and throws her back and then she wakes up in the hospital with her sister... Well, stepsister, Emily, she's lost another child because with some very questionable dialogue, her abusive husband says something like, you're not going to lose another of my unborn children before slamming her head against the mm. wall. That's going to put your unborn child more at risk than anything, mate. I mean, come on. But he gets his canuppance. He's dead. She goes through all this traumatic experience, waking up, discovers her husband is dead, discovers that she's lost her unborn child, goes in this catatonic state and then decides to go back home where all this happened? Mm. Alone? Yes. The night she comes back, she looks outside and she sees this shadowy figure walking towards the house and then just fading away. Next scene, some woman, we don't even know... Don't even know who she is. Gets kidnapped by some killer. Some long-haired, gangly, grungy-looking guy in a massive trench coat. Kidnaps her and then goes on a killing spree. Yeah. So, what? We're watching another film now. Okay. <laughs> it was a bit random, wasn't it? That's what we liked about the film, so not a lot. Now let's tear it a new one. One moment just before we get to that. Interestingly, I did look this up because I was very interested on how they actually shot Gabriel's character. I didn't know whether it was like CGI or, or what, because it was really freaky and unnatural. <laughs> it's like jangly and yeah, contorted. It was just, oh. But they actually used a contortionist okay. for Gabriel's role. So all the freaky movements that are delivered from this actress, I'm I'm just like wondering how it was done. It's just so unnatural the way that 
Gabriel's moving because I don't know whether you noticed, but his hands are like backwards, the legs are backwards. Obviously, that makes sense later on in the film, but at the beginning, when we first see him, he's running like backwards. I was. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I became aware of it in that chase sequence with Shaw, the cop, chasing Gabriel through like the underground of Seattle. Yeah. That's when you become aware of it, when he's like jumping through all these little crevices and all mm. these holes and falling down from ceilings. To me, it looked like they recorded it and then played it backwards because mm. it had that unnatural movement to it. Yeah, which they could have done. I don't actually know how how it was shot, but knowing that it was a contortionist that was doing the movements, maybe it was actually just like that and... Well, that definitely added to the film, didn't it? <laughs> I was definitely freaked out by those movements. But you say that, when Gabriel is in his weird sex dungeon headquarters place, mm. after he's kidnapped the woman, and this is after he's killed this doctor with her trophy, which you see on the mantelpiece, and it looks like... It's staged. It's placed there on purpose. But it... Looks like a weapon. They don't even try to hide yeah. it. It's basically a golden knife with those two medical serpents that you see in like mm. hospitals. That the um, typical hospital symbol. It's a ward for excellence. Basically, caves a head in with the base and then takes the blade. But when you see him in his headquarters when he's bashing it and he's sharpening it, his hands aren't contorted and he's standing no, up were straight. They not? No. It's doing close-ups of his gloved hands. As oh, again, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember that bit. So it's more misdirection. It's only as the story progresses as we get deeper into it. No, there were some shots early on when the hands were backwards. I can't remember, and I know that's really annoying. <laughs> can't remember exactly what scenes, but there were definitely some earlier on, and then later on in the film, I was like, oh, well, that all makes sense now. Why it was backwards. Okay, should we just reveal the twist? We might as well. We've already said there's spoilers. It's the massive one. <laughs> okay, so Gabriel is Maddie's formerly conjoined twin. Mm-hmm. Yep, you heard that right. Actually, the plot is very similar to 1982's Basket Case, the ultra-low-budget, grimy horror film where a young guy carrying a basket that contains the deformed, formerly conjoined twin brother who seeks vengeance on the doctors who separated them against their will. Oh, okay. After Maddie's abusive husband slams her against the wall, this awakens Gabriel because through flashbacks, and when I say flashbacks, I mean conveniently placed VHS tapes mm -hmm. that Maddie's stepsister, Emily has to go to Arkham Asylum. Uh, I'm sorry, I mean the Simeon Research Hospital, which looks like some gothic castle that Dracula would live in. <laughs> yeah. Not On the edge of a cliff. Is it an asylum or is it some hospital for disturbed, troubled children? A mixture of both. I don't know who paid off health and safety, but it's a massive hospital right on the cliff mm -hmm. where when you park your car you could trip and fall to your death so how do kids play outside i don't know i don't think they did she's exploring and investigating the 
dark, abandoned hospital and she finds her way in the basement. Of course it's the basement, James won. Of course it had to be the basement of all places. And she has to go through all, all these files to find the right one on her sister. And the first box she pulls out... Magically. Magically, conveniently, for plot... The first file on top she finds is her sister's with these VHS tapes she takes back to her mum and they start playing them. So we get backstory. Shocking twist. Maddie has E.T. grown on the back of her head. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure it's E.T. It's a bit more like Voldemort. Yes. Just with arms. (laughs) Who's that teacher that Voldemort is feeding off of? Quirrell? Quirrell, yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. That's It's the same it's... twist. Yeah. And it looks absurd because Gabriel is telling her to do bad things, to kill. Sometimes he talks and sometimes he talks to her telepathically. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes through the phone. Afterwards. No, that happened when she was a child as well. That's after he was removed. Oh, Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So the doctors have to remove the cancer because Gabriel Dramatics. is some kind of <laughs> parasitic entity feeding off the life force of Maddie. So they have to cut him out against his will. But they can't remove all of him. Otherwise, it would risk Maddie's life. So they have to push a bit of his brain inside, inside her, her skull. Yeah, OK. OK, because that's realistic. Of course, Maddie forgets all of this, but she has an imaginary friend called Gabriel, her entire adolescence, who tells her to do bad things. Again, she forgets about this when she becomes an adult. Until her husband slams her head against the wall and this awakens Gabriel's consciousness. Not only takes over her body, but she keeps getting these splitting headaches. Why does she get splitting headaches, Sam? Mm. Why? Because he forces his way out of her skull, out the back. Yes, it literally, her skull opens up like a sliding door. (laughs) And his weird Voldemort face pops out and talks sometimes. At that point, though, it's it's not a Voldemort face. It's literally like this half brain kind of looking thing with... Some kind of eyes and teeth. That's what I saw. It looks like a rat creature thing. It's just... (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of disgusting. I think if you went to like World's End in London or went to some kind of rock or metal club and there was some guy off his tits on meth and he hadn't washed for a couple of days and... He was looking for his next fix and he was on the dance floor. That's what Gabriel looks like to me. I wouldn't agree with you there. I don't think anyone could look like that. I've seen some This is on another level. Nope. (laughs) But I find it strange that Maddie's hair is all nice, clean and pristine and shiny. Like she's from a shampoo advert. But the second Gabriel takes over her body, it becomes... Greasy. Yeah, greasy and unwashed and somehow... Mm. Longer than it is at the front. It's all that blood seeping into it every time he comes out. Oh, there's blood on my pillow. I wonder why. Yes. The the morning after. (laughs) 
I put it down to my now dead husband smashing my head against the wall, but any other person who keeps on getting headaches and touching the back of their head and thinking, oh dear, more blood, maybe I should go to the hospital now and get stitches? No, I guess not. But it's not just that. It's like he's, her whole body contorts and changes and gives her supernatural powers where mm -hmm. she can leap tall buildings and toss desks and humans and cops and is somehow bulletproof <laughs> and becomes Neo somehow. Yeah, there were some very Matrix-style moves going on. Oh, my God. There's so many plot holes in this film. Ugh, where do I begin? Seriously, why can't the cops hit Gabriel? Are they completely incompetent? Or he's supernatural and he's dodging bullets? Madison, she does um, describe him as the devil. So, obviously, he's got superhuman strength and powers, so can move like lightning. But I thought he was the devil because he told her to kill and do bad things. Yeah. Not manage to wipe out an entire police precinct, for Christ's sake. I don't think being double-jointed is a superpower. I think you ask someone, they think, oh, it's kind of annoying because my knees give way. Not, oh, I can jump tall buildings like I'm Superman. That is the biggest plot hole. Gabriel's superpowers. He can affect electricity. <laughs> How? How? Literally. We were, every time it happened, we we're both like, how is this happening? How, what? <laughs> At first, he prominently communicates through radios and TV screens. And there's that scene where Maddie's being interrogated by the cops. And Gabriel calls Shaw to taunt them. Oh, he wants to talk to you. That's while <laughs> Maddie is still conscious. Con conscious. Conscious. <laughs> he just he could turn his sister's body into a weapon when he's meant to be just a parasitic consciousness. Mm -hmm. Again, I wonder why we thought this was a supernatural film with some demonic presence. When the real twist is revealed... None of this stuff makes any sense at all. No. 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 Simple no. <laughs> <sighs> so let's rewind and just go back to the start of the film. As soon as we were brought to Madison and her husband, I was literally just like, why... What's happening with this acting? It was so OTT and just unnatural. Seriously. It, it was so hammy. <laughs> there were just some scenes where I was rolling my eyes. And I hate to say it, but our friend group watching this, we became those hated cinema goers that talk throughout the film. Because... We were just ripping it a new one. We couldn't help ourselves. And to be fair, the cinema was pretty empty. There was yeah. a couple of other groups. But we was at the front and Jordan was kind of speaking quite loud, loudly. But we didn't care because the film was that bad. Mm -hmm. We were just laughing under our breaths. At one moment, I thought Jordan was actually 
leaving and not coming back. <laughs> I was like, Alice, is he coming back or is he leaving? <laughs> Her response was, I hope he's coming back because he's my ride. <laughs> and then you left and I was like, oh dear. <laughs> Except I drove, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you would have just left me. Yeah. But after those 20 minutes where, again, you was going, I don't like it. I don't like it. And you was hiding behind your hands. After that, the bad acting was just in abundance. Mm. You was heckling the screen. Yeah. We was like at a comedy club and you're shouting out to the comedian, be funny. (laughs) The acting was just so on the nose. It was like watching heightened reality, an incredibly bad soap opera. The yeah. kind Joey in Friends starred in. That's what it was like. <laughs> but this is James one. I like his films. I've even watched his Fast and Furious film. Yeah, he did one of those as well. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring. One of the best modern day horror films. And then you got this. And the acting. It just feels purposeful. Every scene. There's that moment where Maddie is talking to her sister Emily. And she goes... I'm adopted. And the camera... <laughs> zooms yeah, it in. It crash zooms in on Emily's face like, what? Yeah. I was like... <laughs> She's literally just staring like... Oh, yeah, that reminds me, actually. All of her scenes where she's, like, screaming, it's just like... Oh! Oh, my God! And it keeps going. Yeah. And then there's the moment, oh. the... Big reveal, but I think most of us worked it out before it finally was revealed. Yep. And she's in this jail cell, and it's full of these stereotype female prisoners. You've got, like, the white trash. You've got some ghetto 70s diva. Mm. You've got the butch lesbian. Mm-hmm. And then they all pick on Maddie, and then as this is, like, bouncing back to... The VHS tapes revealing of the conjoined twin. And Maddie gets taken over. She just erupts with this animalistic roar. But it isn't. It's her going, oh, my head. And then sliding doors of her back of her going, because I'm pretty sure (laughs) skulls open up like that. Oh, yeah. Here's Johnny. Oh, I just remembered one bit out of that scene. Somehow she's got the strength to punch her way through a body. Oh, yeah. Literally through the stomach. In and out the other side. It was like watching Mortal Kombat. It's like, finish them. Bush. When her body is taken over and it's Gabriel, he's super floppy. He's like Stretchy Armstrong or something. (laughs) And then when Plot demands it, Crunching human bodies like they're... Grapes. Yeah, okay, grapes. (laughs) I was just thinking of something you can smush between finger and thumb. (laughs) Tiny can of Pringles. What? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) I don't know. Oh. But personally, plot-wise, this reminded me of Brian De Palma's work, especially his 80s stuff, Dressed to Kill... Blowout, body double. They have these like absurd twists, and again, this heightened reality where it's the world you know, just a bit of flavour, a bit extra. 
Just a bit. Uh, just a bit. Just a bit. And again, Brian De Palma, he directed the first Carrie film in the late 70s. Mm. And when, at the end of the film, where Carrie loses her shit and kills everyone, reminded me of when Madison loses her shit in the prison cell when she's been attacked and kills everyone. Mm, yeah. And we mean everyone. If you're not hiding, and if you're not main characters like the um, dynamic duo of the cops... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cliche and cliche. I mean, Christ, one of them is sucking on a lollipop in the morgue when they're examining the body. (laughs) Again, it just feels on the nose. But Gabriel goes through a bloody rampage and literally kills everyone who isn't plot convenient in this police station. Or is that time? (laughs) Well, before we do our cliches... I just want to mention, I don't know, it's a weird topic. <laughs> Two issues with feet I have in this film. <laughs> One was when, um, early early on in the film, when um, the husband's on the sofa, he had his feet out and I automatically was like, oh, something's going to drag him off the sofa, his feet are out the covers. It didn't happen, but... I have that fear. (laughs) I think I've said this on maybe one or two episodes before. My feet have to be under the covers because something's going to grab them. Um, And then the second point was where one of the characters Gabriel is after, he has his feet over the bed and the camera is coming underneath, through underneath the bed and all you can see is these feet there. And I was like, something's going to grab him or like the weapon's going to be used to slash like the Achilles Ooh, like bit. Yeah, like um, in the first Pet Cemetery. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, OK, I gave, gave that away. But <laughs> it's one of the good good moments in the first Pet Cemetery film. Great. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. But both of those moments really freak me out. So, yeah, that that's my, my feet section. So <laughs> Feet section? Feet section. We've got a new segment in um, Scary and Sam. <laughs> feet section. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go on to the cliches. Everybody loves a cliche. I'd like to point out some of mine, and then I'd like to see if you've got any to add, if that's okay. Go on, then. Okay. So, one. <laughs> and, of course... Not turning on the lights. And I did I did shout this out. I think because we're doing this podcast quite regularly now and I am talking throughout the film whilst we're at home and I'm saying, turn on the bloody lights. I was saying it in the cinema. I was like, turn on the lights, come on. Stop being an idiot. You know where the light switch is. Like I said, I've, it's literally a reality where overhead lights don't exist. When Maddie goes back to the house after she's been attacked and her husband's been killed, she hears noises and she still explores her house okay. without putting lights on. Yeah, okay. And I'm coming... That's our next cliche, actually. Staying in the house, your husband just got killed in. Oh, hmm. oh, oh. And, and to add, alone. Yes. This seems to be a white person problem in horror films. Weird shit happens... But nobody leaves. Yes, they just go back. Yes, I mean, people have relatives, okay? Characters have relatives. You can pack up 
drive for a couple of hours or how long it takes to your relatives, don't go back and sell your house. Like, just hire someone to sell it. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm out of here. Gone. It's, it's an inconvenience. <laughs> you still have to pay bills. You still have to pay your broadband. But get the estate agents. Get them to sort it out. You don't have to go back. Yep. Completely agree. Okay, number three. The police turning up too late. Yep. And to prove this point, those victims, they were all killed before the police got there. The last one, he was literally running through the apartment. Oh, yeah. Shaw got there literally after this guy was, like, butchered in the bathtub. Yep. We have spoken about this, the basement, because Madison's sister goes goes into the basement. Yes, she explores the dark basement in Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. Then the invincible killer, somehow Gabriel, when he's taken over Madison's body, has superpowers. Oh yeah, even at the end where Shaw shoots Gabriel, even though right now he knows it's also Maddie sharing the mm-hmm. body does she die at the end because she doesn't seem mm. to feel any pain no it it kind of ends where the sisters are just kind of embracing each other aren't they? oh because <laughs> and and we have that really weird shot of the um birth mother just laying in the bed smiling away like <laughs> yeah oh it's a happy ending everybody else is dead yeah even then when you got gabriel jumping off um fire escapes slamming against walls and the ground literally falls, what, 40 feet, mm-hmm. survives. But next day, Maddie doesn't suffer any injury. She's not going, oh, my back. Yeah, no bruises, no. <laughs> no, so what? Just a headache. She's also Wolverine. She's got a healing factor or something. Mm. Any other cliches? Um, I'm sure there were. I mean, I think Jordan pointed out some, not horror cliches, but it's like, it's like yeah. character cliches. And- and the psychic. Oh, yes. Just just so we can go back in time and, and explore. <laughs> and, oh yeah, for um, timing, she manages to put Maddie under hypnosis. Like? Yeah. And then when she starts suffering trauma, when she's screaming her head off again, she goes, I touch your forehead, I touch your forehead, you're awake again. And it works straight away. Yeah. Because we've finally got some plot details from that realistic. memory. We can move on. Mm. So... Yeah, in terms of cliche characters, and again, I said the cops. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the quirky mortician or the quirky CR- CSI character who has a thing <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. It does feel on purpose that it's this on the nose throughout. It, it's, it's just so cheesy. I want to see once, like in a couple months, when they interview James Wan to understand what he was getting at what was he homaging i feel that he wanted to replicate brian de palma's work from the 80s or jello films i want to understand why he chose this to be his next horror film i know you have to constantly reinvent yourself and try stuff that is new and exciting to you but why this film why why James Wan? Why? I'm glad you you are you're asking him because I have no idea. <laughs> it's so absurd. And people are saying it's a Marmite film. You either love it or hate it. I mean, I love Marmite, but 
I wouldn't classify this as a Marmite film. No. I mean, <laughs> that's how I was trying to like sell it to Jordan. Because Jordan, he doesn't like horror films. And he's not going to come and watch horror films with us ever again now after this film. Yeah, thanks. He's not going to go and see Halloween Kills with us. AK has to go on by herself now. Just going to be the three of us. No more double dating for horror films. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a Marmite film. Come on. Was it Jordan or AK who looked on Rotten Tomatoes? It's got a better score than The Strangers. Yes. Really? And I would definitely, before watching this again, I would watch The Strangers again. And I said I wouldn't watch The Strangers again. So does that not offer some perspective? <laughs> yes. And this is coming from someone who doesn't like horror films, mm -hmm. who's still trying to come around to them. What does that say? I will say this, though. Oddly enough, I would see it again. That's the strange thing about it. I would recommend people to see it because of how batshit crazy it is. I uh, Yeah, I would agree with you on that one, even if you're just there to, re to react and heckle <laughs> a majority the way through it. So if you want to say something positive about this film, if you're trying to find an angle because you're such a big James Wan fan, it's a film that can be classed as so bad, it's good. It really is one of those films where you can get a group of people Get the drinks in, sit round and laugh your ass off. And if you're going to see this at the cinema, my tip is ice cream makes it better. <laughs> ice cream, we had to get which, as a result, we missed the start. The opening, yes. yeah. So we missed the first few minutes and came in where she says, got to cut out the cancer. Title card. Yeah. And we were like, okay then. <laughs> But apparently we're fortunate because that opening kind of revealed a twist. Yep. So that was Malignant. Have you seen it? Let us know because people <laughs> on Twitter are quite vocal about it. So <laughs> join in on the conversation. Well, that was another rip-roaring episode of Scaring Sam. We have been your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm James. Or am I Gabriel now? No. No. No, you're James. Um, I would like some pizza now, though. You're paying, right? Uh, well, Gabriel wants pizza. Oh, so Gabriel's paying? I guess. I mean, he's quite tight. I mean, we've just been to TK Maxx and I spent quite a lot of money, so <laughs> someone better be buying me pizza. <laughs> yes, we're in full, as they say in America, full season, where we are eyeing up Overpriced Halloween decorations we can't afford, but we should be putting money aside for other things. <laughs> like the house and wedding. <laughs> yes, not autumn scented candles. But, you know. YOLO! You gotta, <laughs> gotta treat yourself. Oh. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScaringSamPod. <laughs> and you can contact us at scaringsandpod at gmail.com. Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. <laughs> what did you say there? <laughs> oh. Stay, Stay safe, safe out there today. <laughs> it's somehow awkward.
Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. tonight.